This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello and welcome to another edition of NFL Friday, a Week 7 edition here at WFUV Sports. I'm Christian O'Hara alongside Corey Miller. And first of all, Corey, how are we doing today? Uh, Christian, it's Friday. We're about to have a thrilling show, riveting stuff here. NFL Week 7, I believe, as week you were just seven, saying. Yep. It's going to be a pretty good week, I think. But uh, for the, for New York fans, I'm not so sure. All right, well, we'll get to that in just a second here on NFL Friday. Uh, you know, just looking over the uh, notes here, you know, I think our producer, Matt Morrow, left Great guy, by the, way. the uh, heading as week three. So if we want to go back to September, we can check with him uh, for that. So anyway, moving on here, let's talk about last night's game. And Corey, I know you said the show today was going to be thrilling and riveting, but last night's game was anything but. The Seattle Seahawks go to San Francisco, take care of business. They defeat the 49ers 20-3. Seattle moves to 3-4 and four in the NFC West, trending upward. San Francisco falls to 2-5. and five. CEO Jed York tweets after the game that this performance was not acceptable. In a scene kind of similar to when they got embarrassed on national television in the last few games of the Jim Harbaugh era on Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, it's been a downhill slope really ever, ever since that. And, and you look at the S- Seattle Seahawks. I was sitting happy. I mean, they got me a great start in my fantasy league last night with my defense starting for me. Shout out to Uncle Jerry. I mean, seriously. Uh, so the Seahawks are sitting there. It's a game that if you're the head coach for Pete Carroll, it's exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Simple. Let's yeah. just run the ball a lot. We're not going to score a whole lot on them, but we're not going to let them get the ball much. We're going to hold the ball a lot on, on the clock. Uh, our defense is going to make them go three and out often. And that's what happened. That's a good team in Seattle. They're better than their record shows. They've blown some leads. Last night, three points. I mean, that's a statement, if anything. Allowing another team to score only three points with a pretty athletic quarterback who has good wide receivers and an explosive running back. I mean, that combination is tough to limit to three points, and they did that. Seattle's defense, yes, it's not as good as it has been. It's lost some key pieces, guys like uh, Byron Maxwell, but... It's still okay. It's still a very good defense. Right. I'll take it over a lot of the other ones in the NFL. They're going to be okay. Um, I think last last night was a step in the right direction for Seattle. I think it kind of you know calmed a lot of the fears about oh my god is the defense okay? Is is the defense you know what it was? It certainly isn't what it was from those two Super Bowls. But like you said, Corey, I'll take it over most of the units in the league, even with you know the departures of defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who is now the head coach in Atlanta. Guys like Byron Maxwell, like you said, going to Philadelphia. Um, but you know they sacked Colin Kaepernick six times and held him to 124 yards passing on 13 completions. And if it sounds like I'm laughing, it is because <laughs> I'm laughing because as the mic continues to fall and not work here in the studio, you know I'm holding it here manually. You'll um, learn one day how to use those yeah. things. It's not too hard. You um, just talk into it. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate that. Um, Colin Kaepernick, you know, um, kind of in a rut. I, you know, I he started never... the season in a rut. Then he kind of went on a hot streak, and now he goes back to playing, you know, the way we've kind of been used to him playing this season. Not very good. I've just never been a huge Kaepernick fan, Christian. I, it's it's really started from the time even when he was doing well. Right. I, I don't know why. I just I just didn't see much potential in terms of how he led the team. I, I think a huge aspect of the quarterback is how you lead the team. 
and, and and he just doesn't do it the right way. He's a run he's a running quarterback, but he can't do it as well as the quarterback that was opposed him last night. Right. I mean, Russell Wilson is up there as one of the very one of the better leaders in the NFL. He's he's very uh, good minded there. He's he's a smart he's a smart guy. Knows when to use his feet. Knows when knows when to use his arm. And he just does it better than Kaepernick does. Kaepernick never truly figured it out for his fault, maybe his coaches. We we don't know. But the 49ers, ever since Harbaugh left and, and all their talented, talented defensive players retired this past offseason, there hasn't been a lot of hope or light at the end of the tunnel, and, and we've seen that. But fortunately, Christian, I think that this weekend will be a little bit better than than, than Thursday night. I agree. Um, I think that in terms of the um, 49ers' perspective on things, I think that this is kind of a rebuilding year for them in terms of you know first-year head coach Jim Tom Sula, the uh, you know um, way that they are you know kind of a rebuilding franchise. You know, they, I think they need a ship house. Right. Um, I think the term is clean house, but okay. I like ship um, house. Okay. All right. You can clean your house. I'm shipping it out. <laughs> you decide. All right. Very very new interesting. Phrases here on uh, NFL Friday, WFUV Sports. But anyway, we look at San Francisco, and they're just not good anymore. Similar to Trent Dilfer, the way he said that the New England Patriots weren't good anymore on a you know loss to Kansas City last year on Monday Night Football. But this is for real. This, the it's 49ers are not good anymore. And that was just bad analysis, right? This is this is sound analysis. People take this and run with it. The 49ers are not good anymore. Okay. That's good analysis. Right. Good job. Christian. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really don't want to harp on this game too much longer because you know, kind of the way you know, we're uh, going back and forth here. It just it's just not not productive. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to general because you know last night's game that was let's do that. That was awful. Um, which undefeated team has surprised you the most, Corey? Would it, would it be the Patriots, the Bengals, Broncos, Packers? Pa- take Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 for sure. I think the Bengals are, are would be the, the next team for, for some people, but the way Andy Dalton and A.J. Green and, and just the whole offensive click is really not surprising at all. And, and and you look at the Patriots. They've been there, done that. They're, they're on a roll. They're in an easier division. Carolina... You know, Cam Newton stepping up, Ron Rivera, Luke Keekley's been injured for a lot of the season, Christian. It's been a rodeo for, for Carolina. And you know what? They've stepped up and, and, and done excellent. And they're a very good team. Their defense has shown up very well. Cam Newton, when he's right, he's very talented. And we've seen that. We saw it in college, and we've sort of seen it in the NFL. It's not consistently every year. Right, right. Uh, I tend to agree with that. I think that... Um, a lot of his kind of struggles um, have come from you know the team around him not being very good, and so when you take that into account um, this season, especially he you know he loses Kelvin Benjamin in the preseason. He's really only thrown a what Greg Olson, Ted, Ted Ginn's gotten Ted Ginn a lot Jr. of action, huh? He's played um, very well. Yeah, exactly. And so, but that defense is is unbelievable. And when you take everything into consideration, I agree with you, Corey. They are absolutely the most surprising. Undefeated team. I do have to give props to the Bengals, though. They are six and zero. We all know that the talent they have on their but on their roster. Very mu- they are in a much more challenging division than than who right. than the team we were just exactly. talking about. And so they're leading the division right now. You know, over Pittsburgh in the a- absence of Ben Roethlisberger, um, it should be a very fun division if if the Steelers can kind of you know keep the ship afloat. Um, you know, in terms of winning I, I, these games, and I would say I'm more surprised. 
that Seattle is where they are right. than some of these undefeated teams are. I, I just, yeah. I'm just very shocked at the start Seattle's had, blowing fourth quarter leads. It's just this sort of, I mean, you win the Super Bowl, and we talk about the hangover. No hangover last year. Of course, they get back to the Super Bowl, but, I mean, it was a rough night, as we say, and, and it, it's been a struggle for them. They looked fine. Like, I mean, I don't want to hawk on it, but that's, I'm, I'm more surprised about that than the undefeated teams. Um, I, I'm surprised Seattle is two and four. I'm not necessarily surprised that they are they got, struggling. They three now, right? Yeah. Um, I think that anytime you lose a Super Bowl the way you do, um, at the one yard line like that, um, it's 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 tough. It's and, and with guys looking for new contracts, money situation. You know, I think somebody I, I was reading somewhere that um, they believe that jealousy is playing into the Seahawks locker room situation. So again, you know, kind of circling back very briefly to the. Uh, um, excuse for a football game that was last night. Um, Seattle kind of is starting to right the ship, but again, it's against a very bad opponent. Well, the offense starts and goes with Marshawn Lynch. As right. long as Agreed. he does well, that team will be good. And, and and the defense will figure it out. Right. They're too good not to. But yeah, Carolina's very good. I, I, I'm I intrigued to see how Cam Newton can do as the season goes on and, and how he can do in the playoffs. I think we've only seen him in the playoffs one time. They're in a division that's very winnable. New Orleans has been uh, not good. Tampa right. Bay... They're still rebuilding. They have a very young quarterback. Who who's the last team in that division? Why am I spacing? Uh this? you got Tennessee, Orleans, Tampa, ten, Indianapolis, no, 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 and no. Uh, Jacksonville for Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So I was, yeah, I was. Oh, you were talking about. Oh, um, oh, I'm talking about the AFC South. You're talking okay, about okay. the NFC South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was mixing. So you that got up. Carolina, Tampa yep. Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, yeah. right, right. So, so Atlanta. Yeah. That's yeah. A, Right, that was going to be a nice little push there, but I'm going to take. I mean, in those two game, if it's if it's a which team is going to finish better with a better record between those two teams, it would be Atlanta. I agree. I think that that yeah. could also. I mean, in terms of a turnaround, you look at Atlanta. Atlanta has the biggest one. Uh, they had a rough year last year, terrible. But year. they had a bad year because of why? Not because of the talent of the players, just the way everything was going. Now all of a sudden, this guy Freeman. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about Devonta Freeman. He has been playing exceptional. And it starts with the it starts with right, the passing. Right. So now you defend against the pass. Freeman gets the run. What can you do? This offense is dynamic. Yeah, exactly. And you guys have you know Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, offensive lines playing well. I think Freeman has eight or nine touchdowns. You get Dan Quinn in there, fix up. I mean, that he's defense. great. It's it, he's a great coach. It's it's definitely going to be a fun time for Falcons fans, in my opinion. I do believe they'll be, make it back into the playoffs at least. You know, standing here. In oh, week I bet seven. they'll win that division over Probably. Carolina. Probably. I, I would. I would if I was a betting man, I'd say the same. Um, but. You know, last thing here on the undefeated teams, you got the Patriots and Packers also. And, and, and those look to be the two top teams. Agreed. I think, you know, if, if I were to ask you which team would go farthest, um, I think that a lot of the experts, and, you know, I think, Corey, you and I are two of those experts, would say that the <laughs> Patriots and Packers would go the farthest. Yeah, I mean, I think the Patriots have a much easier route to that goal, if you will. I mean, the AFC is just not as competitive right now. Denver's very good. But they don't really have a quarterback. I mean, Peyton Manning, we've talked about. We talked about this before the show. He's just really looking terrible, and it's too bad. And, and they're they're undefeated. But, Christian, it's not because of him. No, It's not because of that offense I agree with that. at all. And that's probably the first time we've ever said that about a team Peyton Manning's on. It is about the defense. That defense is stacked, loaded, and making turnovers happen. They scored last week, I think, uh, Tlaib ran one back. They have that guy, uh, that guy, Demarcus Ware, on on the outside, who is is just a beast, going to be in the Hall of Fame. And then um, Von Miller is, is absolutely one of the most talented linebackers in the game. They don't scare me though if I'm the Patriots, right? And then you look at no, the Packers; they so. have to face maybe a healthier K- 
Cowboys team, right? Maybe an Eagles team who's catch catches fire. But besides that, you got a, a good, a talented Seattle team. You got a talented Arizona team. Carolina, don't don't uh, sleep, sleep on, on them. Game. And then Atlanta is probably one of the tougher teams, maybe the tougher team, toughest team to play. Look, maybe maybe the Packers' biggest worry. Green Bay gets home field advantage. They're going to the Super Bowl. Bottom line, and I think they're kind of. And like, I think they're going to get it now. Yeah, I think they're on that project uh, trajectory. Um, and so I think that a lot of. You're right. I think the Patriots have an easier road, especially you know they're projected to get home field advantage. Nobody really goes up to Foxborough and beats them um, in New England. Although we've seen it in the past a, c- a couple times here and there, but I do think that Green Bay has the easiest kind of path to the Super Bowl. You know, I would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers lost a playoff game um, to a quarterback other than Eli Manning at Lambeau Field. Um, but you know that's just me. Don't that's sleep just, on the Cardinals. Only, I don't think only because only because that secondary is top in the game right now. Not that they would stop Rodgers, but they would limit him from that deep pass. I disagree. I really think they would limit him from that deep pass. You have you have a very talented secondary there. I think, um, and we can get into this you know a little bit later uh, in the season. But I do think that the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals just lost to Landry Jones and the Steelers. So I think Aaron Rodgers would take care of that. Team. That's fair. So. Um, all right, um, a team that is far from undefeated, but um, romped the Tennessee Titans last week, hurt my boy Marcus Mariota, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, Dan Campbell comes in, kind of gives that team a new energy, new life. You know, um, Intense, man. Right. And so, you know, as I'm reading here, the team did Oklahoma drills in practice, um, and now this week the offense got new black practice jerseys for beating the defense to practice before. So obviously Dan Campbell trying to instill some sense of competitive competitiveness and toughness in his guys. My question to you, Corey, and I'll you know um, provide an answer to this as well is: Is Dan Campbell the answer in Miami? I mean, it's one game, so he really right. can't decide that yet. Maybe. I mean, I like his intensity. I like what he's bringing. To the field, I don't know what the heck was going on. I mean, it's just bizarre. But they really beat up on Tennessee. Tennessee's not a talented team. I'm interested. They have a good week this week against Houston. That's a very fair matchup, I find. And if they can beat Houston, then you look at this team. You're like, okay, you're much better than you were three weeks ago. And there's no, there's no doubt about it. Having said that, I don't think they're going to do much in this division. I think the AFC East is a lot tougher than most people think. The Patriots would look like to be the favorite. The Jets are certainly talented. And the Bills seem to be like they're underperforming because of injury. So where does that leave the Dolphins? To me, last place still. I don't know if Dan Campbell is the answer. But, I mean, at least it's an improvement. Right. And, and, I mean, they're not that talented. I personally am really, and my roommate would just disagree with me completely. We debate about this often. I'm just not a big fan of Ryan Tannehill. I just am not. I don't think he's going to get you anywhere in particular. I think that you have a good team with some talented, talented players. I think Lamar Miller is a very good little crafty running back there, and you have talent on the defensive side. But is Tannehill going to be your answer at quarterback? For no. me, no. No, I, I, I tend to lean with you over your roommate on that statement. I'm, I'm, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill's kind of been overhyped a little bit. I'm not sure he's the answer in Miami. Um, you know, and quite frankly, I'm against you know giving guys hundred million dollars extensions like 
um, Tannehill, and, and Dalton is a little better than Tannehill, but you know Dalton's never won a playoff game either. Um, so you you can you can put these numbers out there. You can you can you know make make your case for completion percentage and interceptions and touchdowns. But until you prove yourself in this league, and I guess you know it, it goes on a team by team basis. If they believe you're the franchise guy, they're going to give you the extension because, like we've seen, it's so hard to find that guy in this league. I mean, the Dolphins. Uh, do you trust their beliefs? No, I don't at all. No, not yeah, at all. So it's like no. Wait, um, what? what where do you? I mean, I don't. But I will say this: I think Dan Campbell, like you said, provides a spark. They play the Texans at home this week. I do think that they will have enough to beat Houston. Although Houston is showing signs of improvement, um, you know they still have the quarterback situation. But guys like J.J. Watt, Vince Wolfork, you can never really sleep on them. Um, but you're right; they, they they defeated a Titans team that, quite frankly, isn't very good. Um, and they did hurt Marcus Mariota in the process. Um, Oliver Vernon. Find over $37,000 for two separate hits this season. And um, I'm not sure his hit warranted a suspension. It was a low hit, but Mariota will not play this week with a sprained MCL. And Ken Wisenhunt last week after the game called it BS football. Yeah, I just, I tend to, I honestly, Christian, tend to lean towards the good-minded people that I, I just don't think they're trying to tear a guy's ACL. No. I just, I'd like to think they're not. I, I... I looked at that play. I didn't think it was dirty. He dove. He dove at him. Marcus Mariota is incredibly hard to contain. That's that's one of his strengths. Well, guess what? In the NFL, they're going to do everything they can to contain you. Right. And he did that there. He dove at his legs. Right. I don't know if Mariota still had the ball. I forget exactly what the play was. Right. I think it was Mariota was. I think was he, he rolling got rid out? of the ball. Um, but you know, let me let me try to. So pull he's it in up the here. he's in yeah. the pocket as he's throwing the ball. I mean, it's it's natural. You need to get to these these quick quarterbacks, or they're going to run away. Right. No, and I, that's the mentality you take during these games. Yes, they have to prevent the helmet direct helmet to the knee. That's probably where the fine's coming from. But no, no suspension. Right. And, and as I'm watching the video right here, um, you know, I can kind of see in Mariota he goes to throw the ball. Um, you know, he gets hit in the knee. I you look. I you can go either way. I feel like it's it's a dicey situation there um but a lot of you know type- I mean it's like I mean let's go back I don't yeah. I don't think I didn't think the Tom Brady injury was dirty yeah no I uh, it's the same idea it's just players come in they're coming in hot and they have to hit the quarterback it's just the name of the game I don't think it was anywhere out of the bounds of anything I, I think it's completely fine and it's unfortunate you're gonna be mad when you're when your star gets hurt I mean he's their franchise for 10 years you don't want him to be the next RG3 Christian Right. And that's what Ken Wisenhut's just basically implying. And another thing it does, it's the coach standing up for your quarterback. So you like that. It means you, that's what I always have liked about Wisenhut. He's a good coach. He's a hard-minded dude. And he's going to back up his players. Uh, he Does he really think it's dirty? Yeah, probably. But is it more so he needs to just defend Marcus Mariota and, and his players? I think it's more that. Right. Um, you know, I'm looking at the hit here. I can really go either way. I, you know, there's, there's, and, an, exactly my, that's that's all you need to know. That's how you say the play. Yeah. That's, that's when you know if you can't really if you can go if you either can't way, definitively say yeah. that it's a dirty hit. Um, you you can't really put the guy on you know blast for knowing his intentions or not. Um, but you know, obviously something to monitor and monitor the health of Mariota going forward. He was my pick for rookie of the year. We'll see if that you know hurts his status um, moving forward. Last team I want to hit on here before we go into the local teams is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, they, they sit here at 4-2 and two despite injuries to Big Ben and Michael Vick. Um, 
Michael Vick looked just awful at the quarterback position. He yeah. looked like nowhere near really crazy. what we all remember him growing up here. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger now listed as questionable, so he's improving. He's improving week to week. Landry Jones will get the start. Um, it'll be his first start. Like we said, he threw two touchdowns coming in for Michael Vick against Arizona last week. Um, and my question to you is: Should Landry Jones have been starting before Michael Vick even got in the, the mix? No, because yeah, this is supposed to. This is a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe after this week. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, not mm-hmm. at the time. Right. And, and you trust Mike Tomlin. You yeah. trust Mike Tomlin. He he's one players. of the better coaches yeah. in the league. I mean, I seriously think he's. I I really put him up there too. Two third top best coach in the league. I think he, I really have high praise for Mike Tomlin. The Steelers team's very good. They very very good. I mean. You have this team that gives it to their running back in the final seconds out of the Wildcat. That's just ballsy. And and that's a team where it's a good coach, a defense that's not really intimidating as they were, as we like to think the Steelers' right. defenses are, but not bad. Mm-hmm. And an offense that can be explosive, especially if your quarterback gets healthy. And, and Christian, it's interesting to think, and someone brought this up to me, you wonder how injured Big Ben is. And this is something you have to really worry about here because I mean he's one of the toughest in the game he is one of the t- he's probably he's he in my mind he's the toughest quarterback in the game that's not even close is he more hurt than the sprained MCL because that play looked pretty brutal and, and, and when you look at the replays and you see him limp off the field it just seemed in his eyes he knew it he knew he thought and, and, and I wonder how good he's going to be how effective he can be with that knee wavering. I mean, we saw how it affected RG3. I know they're way different quarterbacks, way different mental strength. I mean, Big Ben's as tough as it gets, but you have to wonder about that as well. I'm not sure that he is more hurt than we know. Um, if he's about back out there practicing, you know, it's, it's a testament to his toughness. But like you said, anytime you have a knee injury, it's you know, it's, it's dicey. You gotta you gotta you gotta monitor the situation, and you have to account for what could happen. I think that they are probably taking the safe route with Ben Roethlisberger. Again, he is their franchise quarterback. And, you know, he's a guy who can honestly get them to a Super Bowl if he plays well. Obviously, you got Tom Brady and company standing in their way. But, you know, he's their best shot at it. So they, they, they're they thinking long-term here. They'll, they'll stay afloat, another team that needs to stay afloat to kind of but they can Weather do the that storm. Yeah, because exactly. the AFC, again, is not that not intimidating, strong, especially right. with the way Indianapolis is right. playing. And so, you know, another situation to monitor. Um, we'll be following that here on NFL Friday. But it's time to move on to the local teams. And we'll start off um, this Week 7 edition of NFL Friday with Big Blue. All right, so not a game I really want to talk about, but we got to do it anyway. Um, Three and three, Giants are sitting at after six weeks. Um, I guess better, all things considered, after, you know, the first two weeks. Um, But again, you know, the Giants go to Philadelphia. Corey, I'm sitting there Monday night. I'm watching the first drive. Everything looks great. The Giants' offense is humming. Eli is perfect. Touchdown Odell Beckham, 7-0 Giants before you can get your chips and drink. And yep. then Philly goes 3-0. And, and then the Giants are driving in Philadelphia territory again. I believe it was, it was at the 30-yard line or they were getting close to the red zone. Eli throws the ball to Larry Donnell. 
Donnell appears to catch the football. But D'Amico Ryan's playing right on top of him, rips it out of his hands for an interception. And right there, that play changed the complexion of the entire game. Philadelphia never looked back. Yeah, I miss that individual play. Um, I saw the Eli pick on the curl route uh, for the pick six at the end of the half. And, I mean, that was just a terrible mistake. But, yeah, right. it's mistake after mistake. And and you said it before, the Eagles, it's not like they really beat the Giants, but the defense looked good for the Eagles. And yeah. I think we've been saying this a lot for, the, for a long time for the Giants. They haven't really addressed it to really – to where they should, and even when they address, even when they drafted Odell Beckham Jr., which I'm not criticizing, they just didn't address the need. And when you have a talented quarterback, you need to be able to block for him. Right. You need to give him time to throw the ball and make good decisions. Well, guess what? The Giants' offense right now is all about quick passes, right. short passes, right? Because the, quite frankly, the Giants can't block. No, so. Now Eli's show, show, throwing all these quick passes again and again and again. They're not even trying to go downfield. And what happens? Pick. Fumble. I mean, y- you're open to these. You're, you're not getting these big plays, and it's not like you need them, but they need to be at least somewhat part of your offense. Right. You need to have a wide receiver streaking at some point. I, I, I mean, you look at the Patriots. They, don't, they do a lot of short routes, but they will not let you sleep on that deep route. I mean, they're going to throw at least four every game, three to four. The Giants, I, I mean, yes, they do that, but – it just became so predictable that the defense was able to read it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things went wrong for the Giants. You know, three turnovers in the first half on the road in in a division game. Um, you know, and against an opponent opponent that has um, pretty much owned them. I think the Giants have only beaten Chip Kelly once um, in that era. So it's, it's certainly something to worry about. Um, you know, Eli Manning didn't have a good game, like you said, one touchdown, two interceptions. He didn't have any interceptions in his first three games, but now he has four in his last three. And, you know, overall, he's having a pretty good year. Honestly, statistically, he's having one of his better years. But, like you said, Corey, until the offensive line is fully addressed and, you know, fans have confidence that you can trust that offensive line, which, honestly, they played, they exceeded expectations in the first five weeks. Week six, it all unraveled. I think you're going to have this this kind of roller coaster ride with the Giants where it's up and down, up and down. And, and, you know, as we take a look ahead to this week's matchup against the Cowboys, can the Giants' offensive line, you know, really get these problems addressed? And, you know, we'll look at that in this week's Giants report. The Giants are coming off another embarrassing loss in Philadelphia. Eerily similar to last season's 27-0 loss against the Eagles, this 27-7 loss on Monday night felt like deja vu. However, the Giants did start off the game very strong. Eli Manning completed his first 10 passes of the game, including a touchdown to Odell Beckham Jr. to put New York up 7-0. The Giants then forced Philly into a 3-and-out and were driving towards the red zone on offense looking for another score. Unfortunately, on Manning's 11th pass attempt, Larry Donnell looked to have caught the ball, but Eagles linebacker D'Amico Ryans snatched the ball out of Donnell's hands for an interception, giving the home team life. The Eagles never looked back. Despite three picks from Sam Bradford, won the game with ease. Now, the Giants looking to avenge their brutal Week 1 loss will face Matt Castle and the Dallas Cowboys. Steve Spagnolo on the matchup. They're a good football team. They're a good offensive line. It all begins there, and they still pose some threats that we certainly faced the first time, and I think we're going to face again. The Giants must stop the Dallas rushing attack and put pressure on Matt Castle to make accurate throws. New York's pass rush has been virtually non-existent this season, 
so making Castle beat them with his arm must be the focus on defense. On the other side of the ball, the offensive line must pass protect much better than they did in Philadelphia. After the first drive, the Giants had three turnovers and looked out of sync all night. This needs to be corrected in order for the G-Men to get back on track. Coach Coughlin always stresses the importance of eliminating turnovers, and that will be key to a victory on Sunday. I believe the Giants will find their rhythm on offense again and do just enough on defense to force Matt Castle and company into turnovers. The team will be fired up for a home game against the Cowboys that could improve their record to 2-2 two two in the NFC East and 4-3 and on the season. I think the team will respond well coming off a brutal loss and play motivated on Sunday afternoon. I like the Giants in this one, 31-21. With the Giants report, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. All right, so... Oh, you do such a great job. I uh, appreciate that, Corey. You know, it really makes my week when you say that. Um, I think that... A lot of the onus here is on the Giants' defense not laying an egg against Matt Castle. Um, you know, you kind of just have to roll with the punches here. You know, Castle will make his throws. Is you Victor know. Cruz coming back anytime soon? Can someone enlighten me on that? I mean, I actually, what is I actually, going on? I actually don't know if he's still alive, but we'll we'll, we'll check on that. In, 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 I mean, in it's more likely that Jason Pierre-Paul is going to play this season than Victor Cruz. Yeah, probably. Well, or, or not. E- either one. I, I don't really know. How did that meeting go this week? Um, I'm not sure they actually met. Uh, really? Because I think, I think the, they were scheduled to. Yeah, I think the Giants were— On Wednesday, I believe. The Giants were not impressed with kind of the way he's, like, selling them. Um, the idea of him playing, the Giants aren't aren't really um, on board with that with that idea. So they don't think he's ready. Um, well, they so, better not lose this week. No, I agree with that. So, because you know, if they lose in— It's at, over. At, it's at over. Dow- I told, I told Bob Dallas I'd quit. at home. Yeah, I'm taking Christian's job, Matt, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Matt, uh, just to let you know, I told Bob Ahrens that if the Giants lost this weekend, um, I would pretty much give up. So yeah, they'll win it this um, weekend. Yeah, they, sh- they should win it. I got Eli um, starting in my quarterback yeah, one for I, fantasy. Rodgers has the bye week, so I got to right. have something special Same to go here. for the Giants, Christian. You know, um, it's going to be okay. And so you hear, you kind of hear it in my voice. It's just like, you know, I, I think they're going to win, but, you know, I'm not really too, you know, Excited with the way they play. I bet it on Luke Monday will get night. you excited once he. Starts I think so too. About fantasy, um, but here's the deal. Yeah, Giants are injured. Does Des Bryant come back this week? Does it really matter? Why would they rush him? No, Why would they rush him. No I agree. To. So here you go. The Giants are. I think they're going to win. I think at I think home so too. the crowd's going to be rowdy. It's going to be light. You know, a tough place to play. Matt Castle. I mean, who is Matt Castle? Right. I, I, he's not going to do much. He's not dangerous. Let's step up if you're the Giants secondary, get some turnovers, make some things happen, and and win this ball game. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of the the pressure here is on the Giants defense. Step up, make some turnovers. You know, if you lose to Matt Castle, that's really bad. You know, you pretty much have little to no hope for the rest of the season. So you know, it's something to keep an eye on there. Like you said, Corey, I do think that. The Giants will win. I predicted in my report 31-21. Odell Beckham Jr. questionable with the hamstring. I expect him to play. Des Bryant, you know, it just came across the wire here that he is doubtful. He will travel with the team but might not he play. He, he, he ain't yeah, I don't think he's going to play. So, like you said, Cowboys got to look long-term. But let's talk about a team that has been slightly more impressive in New York, the New York Jets. Dun, 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 dun. All right, the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 travel up to Foxborough to take on the defending champion Super Bowl Patriots. 
Tom Brady and Bill Belichick anxiously awaiting Corey Miller flexing his muscles here as a native Pats fan. Corey, give me the scoop on this game. What are the people up in Boston saying? I mean, the Jets always play the Pats well. They really do. They they, they give they give them a good a good run. But up in Foxborough, it's going to be tough, especially the way the the Patriots have been playing. And, and this is sort of the game where. And we've talked about this. The Jets look really good. Their defense is really talented. But Christian, when you and I sat here at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. we looked at their their schedule, and it's really really easy. Right. I mean, we. I mean, I think they're right. going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think the Jets are a playoff. It is a team very manageable yeah, schedule. It's so easy. Who, no matter who's at quarterback. Listen, you know, transitioning from the Giants, I'm like, well, when I look at this, the the the, the Jets schedule, I'm like, why can't the Giants be in the, be in the <laughs> AFC? Yeah. Um. But but you know, all all kidding aside, I think the Jets have a very solid football team. They do. They will pose New England some problems. We'll get to the picks in a minute. I think you and I are both in agreement that New England should be able to take. Well, care here's of business. the deal. It's it's the first time Revis has played against Brady right. since being on the team. So right. that could be another factor that we haven't taken into account yet. Right. And so you know, another person who is actually going to the game in Foxborough on Sunday is Matt Crow, our WFUV Sports Jets beat reporter. And so let's take a listen to Matt Crow's Jets report. The New York Jets improved to 4-1 following a 34-20 victory over the Washington Redskins at the Meadowlands. A first half riddled with mistakes transformed into a solid win for Todd Bowles and Gang Green. Chris Ivory led the charge offensively with another monster performance, rushing for 146 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Marshall knows the team can't stay complacent. The thing that I love about our team is when it's not the way we want it, Guys aren't satisfied, and we're not satisfied. You know, we made a lot of mistakes, especially on the offensive side, and we got to get better. The win sets up a premier Week 7 matchup as the Jets head to Foxborough to face the undefeated New England Patriots. First place in the AFC East is on the line for the division rivals. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have looked virtually unstoppable on offense averaging 422 yards per game and scoring at least 28 points in each win thus far. The Jets, on the other hand, boast the top defense in the league, allowing the fewest points through six weeks. Head coach Bill Belichick. Defensively, you know, the secondary is good. Front's good. We got a lot of, a lot of talented guys up front that play them all. Uh, they're all productive. So, a big challenge this week. Tom Brady and company will be the toughest test so far for Gang Green D. With cornerback Buster Scrine's status questionable while he undergoes the NFL concussion protocol, the Jets must get help elsewhere in their secondary to stop the air assault of Brady and the Patriots. This weekend will provide a measurement on how far this team has actually come. Do they have what it takes to beat the best? I believe Gang Green will prove a lot, but in the end, the Patriots will continue their undefeated run. My prediction, Patriots 38, Jets 24. Covering the... I'm Matthew Crow, WFUV Sports. Air assault. All right, folks. It's the game of the week, in my opinion. Jets, Patriots. Um... I, I don't know if I agree with Matt's score. I do believe the Patriots are going to win. Yeah, I don't think it'll be game. that high scoring. Um, 38 points is a lot. Um, but hey, you know, we've seen that the Patriots are on a mission here. They have an air assault, as uh, he said that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love and that. So, you know, we're fired up here on NFL Friday here in the studio. We're about to be joined by Luke Palmer in just a sec. But, Corey, let's, let's dive into this game just a little bit deeper for a little bit. Um, 
you know, Darrell Revis going back to the Jets, what implications do you think that has on Sunday? Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how the fans react. I don't think they're bitter. Um, you know, I mean, he he came in with the, a business-minded approach, wanted to make more money. Helped, wanted to win a championship. Was, right. was incredibly important in winning a Super Bowl for that team. And I think the fans will show him love. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a booing thing. Uh, it'll be very interesting, and, I, and I'm intrigued to see it. it. When you have two of the best players at each position— where does the advantage lie? Does the advantage lie with, with Tom because he knows some of Darrell's weaknesses now? Or is it the other way around because Darrell was on the Patriots defense, kind of knows their schemes, knows what, I mean, I assume he's going to be covering Edelman, knows what Edelman's all about. In, in the end, though, you can have a great secondary and you're not going to be good enough to stop Gronkowski. Yeah. And the run, I mean, Deion Lewis out of the backfield has been great catching the ball, running the ball. That's the problem with the Jets. It's not their secondary. It's it's not even their front seven. I don't think uh, the Patriots, to me, are just crafty enough to get around this defense. And, and quite frankly, it's okay if they don't put up 38 points. I don't think they're going to put up 38 points. I think they'll probably put up maybe 24 points, maybe a little more, and you see the Jets scoring a lot less. The matchup I'm most excited to see in this game, Josh McDaniels versus Todd Bowles. How will McDaniels move the offensive pieces around and try to confuse the Jets' defense enough so that Tom can have time to throw these quick, you know, methodical routes and then hit the big one to Gronkowski? Yeah. Will he line up Gronkowski wide to try to put a linebacker well, I don't think, corner on? Well, I don't think Antonio Cromartie can cover Gronk. No, I don't think anybody on that second well, I think, can cover Gronk. Yeah, I don't, Re- you put Revis on him, I don't but know. Do they cover I haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't remember a time when Revis covered Gronk. I don't no, know if they I don't do think that so. Or not, I, don't, but, I don't think they would, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think the real problem with the Jets this game will just be the offense. The right, offensive yeah, problems think... will come alive. I, I think the Patriots' defense is just far too athletic for right. the Jets. They're going to get pressure on Fitzpatrick, and he's going to throw the ball quickly and make mistakes. I think the Patriots, we've seen them play well. You and I were just talking about this. I, I know they're not the top defense in the league, but I'll take them again over most of the league. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pinning them for a top-five defense. You say maybe not, and I kind of probably lean to you with with you now this way towards, you know, uh, but I think they're, they're better than most. I think of they're the in the people. top ten. Right. right, I agree with and, that. And their I'd front say... seven is just. I, I think they have. You can make an, an argument that they have the most athletic defense it, with, with the guys like Jamie athlete. Collins, Chandler yeah. Jones, yeah, Dante Chandler Hightower. Jones. It all it, it, it continues. So that's going to be the problem with the Jets. I mean, if Fitzpatrick can be on his A game, I mean, the Patriots have owned him in the past. He was yeah. never a problem no. with the Bills. So that's really the problem with the Jets. It's not the defense. It it's, probably is never going to be right, the defense. It's, the it's always going to be that offense and the quarterback and. When has it never been that for the Jets, at least in late memory? Exactly. And last thing here before we head to Luke's fantasy segment, um, Malcolm Butler is is a good football player. I, I want to get that out there. Malcolm Butler is a legitimate number one corner, at least what we've seen so far. Bill Belichick thinks he's a very good football player. Um, and so I'm interested to see how that Butler-Marshall matchup um, will pan out. It's going to be you fun. Know, you know, guys like Decker and uh, Ivory for the Jets will pose New England some problems, but Corey, ultimately, I think you're right. I think the Patriots' defense is a lot be- better than people give them credit for, and they will prove that on Sunday in Foxborough. Corey, you and I uh, both like New England in this game. We'll get to that in our pick segment to make it official. But for now, that's the end of that segment for NFL Friday in Week 7. We head over now to some fantasy football analysis. It's time for some fantasy football talk 
who are the best picks around the NFL. Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, now we bring in Luke Palmer, fantasy expert here on WFUV Sports. Luke, how you doing today? I'm good, guys. It's uh, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's, it has. It has. Me been. too, man. I, I I assume that you guys have been, you know, upset that I haven't been here. <sighs> Luke, any any time, you know, we don't get your energy on a show, you it, it, there's a noticeable difference. Right. I bring the fire. What can I say? All the time. All the time, Luke. What do you have for us today, buddy? So I've got a jam-packed segment for you guys. I hope that your seatbelts are buckled right now here in the basement of Keating and the radio station of WFUV Sports. <laughs> um, I'll start off with a guy who I'm very, very high on. Buckling. <laughs> very high on. Uh, his name is Stefan Diggs. Now, I've actually had my eye on Stefan Diggs for a while. Me and him actually were the same year in high school when he was a uh, top recruit. Um, he later signed with Maryland, got drafted by the Vikings this year. He didn't see any action in the first three weeks this season. He comes in week four, six catches, 87 yards at Denver. He has a bye week, and then he comes out of the bye with seven catches and 129 yards against Kansas City. And he hasn't had a touchdown yet. The touchdowns will come. They always do. He's only owned in 40% of the leagues. But there's something special about Stefan Diggs. As Mike Wallace said earlier this week, and this is a quote, there are guys who can play and guys who can't. Diggs is a guy who can play from day one. His skill set, his routes, his energy, he reminds me of a young Antonio Brown. And that's a guy who, in a few years, uh, Stefan Diggs might become. Uh, he's the same build as, as Antonio Brown. I mean, again, he's a rookie, but his production right now is solid. He's, he's already two games. He's already in the rookie of the year conversation and he's going against the Detroit Lions defense this week, who not only has given up the sixth most yards allowed of, out of all defenses, but they've given the third most points to opponents to offenses. So I think he's going to have a great week this week. Uh, moving on to quarterback, and this might come as a surprise to you guys, especially if you've Uh-oh. seen the Miami Dolphins play this year. Because that, I already know what he's saying. Yeah. already be characterized come as on, atrocious. Luke. But Ryan Tannehill this week, especially the bye weeks this week, if you need a quarterback, go Ryan Tannehill. He's playing against the Texans defense, which has allowed the sixth most fantasy points per game to opponent quarterbacks. He's thrown for... Two touchdowns every but game it, for the past four weeks. I feel like Tennessee's played. I mean, Houston's played good quarterbacks. They have. They have. Listen, I mean, I. I, I feel Cor- like Houston's a good defense. Corey and I. I'm just not a Tannehill fan. We've made sorry, our Luke. thoughts known on Tannehill, but if Luke wants to give the right. people, the I mean, advice, maybe he's he's probably right. He is the expert. We know nothing. Just don't like it's Tannehill. His segment, I don't know what Corey. it is. I'm it's sorry. his segment, Corey. Just don't like Tannehill, man. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Says the Pats fan. Anyway. Uh, moving on, moving on to running back. I'm gonna throw a little number at you. I like guys. Gino, we're gonna play a little a little numbers game. You ready? Yes. Running back A. Okay. He's had 49 carries for 305 yards in the past three games. Behind door running one. back B has had 51 carries for 285 yards in the same amount of games. Okay. Running back A is Todd Gurley. Running back B. Any guesses? Adrian Peterson? Freeman? No. Freeman? No. DeMarco Murray. Oh, wow. 
DeMarco Murray had a great week last week. However, yeah, he had that great stiff arm. Yeah, he did. He has not been what fantasy experts or fantasy owners, excuse me, experts too, uh, want to see out of him. Todd Gurley, on the other hand, is another guy who's just a special talent. He's had he's only played two games, but he's had 30 fantasy points in each of those games. He had 19 carries for 146 yards uh, two weeks back. This past week, 30 carries, 160 yards. He didn't have any TDs, but those TDs will come. He's become instantly the workhorse of that St. Louis Rams offense. And if you have him, if you can trade for him, a lot of owners have stashed him. You must have Todd Gurley. He's a guy who can come in and be extremely, extremely important and crucial for that second half push for any fantasy. You're uh, you're high on a lot of Rams this week. I, I, I think the Rams are a good yeah. team. Yeah, I like the Rams. Okay, I like I have, I, no, interesting. Are, are you, do you? I have a question for you. Go um, for some it. advice. Some advice. I need oh, some advice. I'm oh. the one giving advice here, Corey. But yeah, no, no, no I need some advice from oh, you. Okay. So I'm thinking about trading Lashawn McCoy for Brandon Marshall. Interesting. Wow. How do you like that? Interesting. I like it. I get Brandon, you, I Brandon would. Marshall. Yeah, I right? would do okay, that. Yeah. Absolutely. I would do that. I would do that. One guy I'm who, just curious. who I'm actually, I was giving What about advice. Roddy White for TJ Yeldon? <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, one guy who I was actually giving advice to was trading Julio Jones, as uh, scary as that is. but You could get good value. Exactly. You get incredible you want, value back. You want Julio Jones? So, Luke, if you're trading a guy like Julio Jones who's, I mean, essentially the best wide receiver in football this year, are you trading that for another wide receiver or are you trading that for a running back? You're trading it for a combination of those two. You're okay. trading it for – I mean, good, Julio Jones the past few weeks, anyone can tell you. I think I have his stats here. Well, actually, Freeman's been getting all the touchdowns. Yeah, right, Freeman right. has been getting all the touchdowns. So, um, Luke, you would receive Julio or you would trade him? If you have Julio Jones, I would trade him. Wow. And the reason why is, again, I, oh. past, uh, past three games, Julio Jones has had 27 catches for 362 yards and two touchdowns. But he's been dealing with an injury, though. He's been dealing with an injury, but he's still Julio Jones. I right. mean, he's not Superman. I mean, he's a super Rod receiver. <laughs> he is, but he he's still good. Julio Jones, so why would yeah. you trade him? Uh, yeah, trade that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, you know? Devonta Freeman has taken over that offense. I'm a little and... bit more conservative in, in being, in like, a manager. But but listen, yeah, who, who who could you get for him, though? That's exactly – well, that's that's where you can get creative. If you have – It's a, endless. If you have a need and you have a guy like Julio Jones, it's, it's you good can get bait, whoever right. you want. Yeah, it's pretty you much get good whoever bait. you want. Yeah. And that's the type of decision where – Again, you're it's looking towards the second half of the season. Yeah. Julio Jones or the Falcons get to the playoffs. His production might is going to get lower. He's not going to be used all the time. Right. You can get guys who can still produce for you. So I have Julio Jones actually in one of my leagues, and you bring up a good point, Luke, because I you know Julio went berserk the first few weeks. You, you can't expect those numbers week in and week out. But I'm of the school of thought, Corey, that you know he's still Julio Jones. He's still going to put up these numbers. Well. I'm not sure who I would try to even negotiate a trade for him with. I, I just don't know, in my opinion. The only thing I fear is that it's that I fear that some of Freeman's success is because of the passing game and it's so good. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. So now the defense is probably going to start bring, blitzing a little bit more. And which... it was it was just brought to my attention that I have Julio Jones in our WFUV league, and so um, my my. Is this Not a conspiracy by Luke? Luke, are you trying I to sorry, get what, what exactly are you guys saying? I'm saying, so... We think you're conspiring against Julio Jones away we from think, me. We think, listen to this, we think that you want Christian to trade Julio Jones so, to me. 
and and that's what we think, right? And, and just, that is perfectly just fine. To, if just we to want give the audience a perspective oh, wow. into what Matt Morrow is wearing right now. He's wearing a New York Mets cap. <laughs> Christian, so, you didn't even wait, know they, that you had Julio Jones. They, they where's exactly. Matt Morrow? Coming? I mean, I you know when when you win, all your guys are equal. But you're wearing a New York Mets hat, so the Mets make the World <laughs> Series, you know, for the first time in 30 years or 15, whatever it is. And you think you can just say whatever you want and do whatever you want, but. For another day. Luke I'm going to carry on with my <laughs> fantasy segment. I don't know where the New York Mets fit in on that, but uh, we'll leave that up. <laughs> um, moving on, one guy to sit this week if you have him. I do not like him whatsoever uh, as, a, as a fantasy aspect. He's probably a fantastic person in human beings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is the only non – he has the most fumbles out of any non-quarterback uh, this year. He was benched for the second half due to fumbles uh, this pe- previous week. And he hasn't reached double digits in fantasy numbers at all this season. Uh, you know, Danny Woodhead, we all know how electric he can be in that backfield, and he's been seeing an increased role. Sit Melvin Gordon. I do not trust him whatsoever. Uh, another guy to sit is wide receiver Jordan Matthews of the Eagles. Oh, um, I could not agree more with you on that one. He, after, I, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I'm with you. After starting with two double-digit weeks to, of the season, he has not scored more than five fantasy points in a single week. That's a, that's remarkable. I mean, you got me. Sam Bradford back there. Well, he's supposed to be Still, their best wide receiver. Mean, Do you know how many drops he has? I feel like he drops the ball. Uh, it's. Uh, the I'm just saying too, his quarterback like, is not competent. That's all I'm saying. Incredible. I mean, but at the same time, you if the ball is there as a wide receiver, you catch the you ball. You got to catch, catch it. it. Yeah, you got to catch you gotta it. You got to catch it. And any starting quarterback can give you enough opportunities. Um, and he's just not executing on those. And he's also going against the Carolina Panthers defense this week, which is, for lack of a better word, wicked. They've only allowed fifth. Five, they've allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Wicked D. I like that word. Wicked D. I wrote that one. That's in some Boston stuff. Yep. Yeah. And lastly, but not leastly, my tight ends to start this week. Least? You're gonna love this, Corey, because he has been called <laughs> Gary Barnkowski. His name <laughs> yep. is Gary Barnage. I'll Browns. Say that again. I'll say that again oof, for oof. any viewers out there. Gary Barnage. Dog uh, pound. Also called Big Hoss. <laughs> Big Hoss. <laughs> um, in the past four weeks, I'm going to shoot you guys a stat line. Stats. Oakland, six catches, 105 yards, 16 points. Whoop. San Diego, six catches, 75 yards, 13 points. Uh-huh. Baltimore, eight catches, 139 yards, 19 points. And this past week in Denver, he only had three catches for 39 yards, yep. but he got two <laughs> touchdown passes in there, 15 points. He is the first tight end since 2013 when Jimmy Graham did it to have touchdowns in four, three or more, or four or more consecutive weeks. He, flat out, he's just going to get the job done. Whether how many looks he gets, how many catches he has, he finds a way, he'll get you those points. Trade for him, pick him up. The name is not a household name yet, but it soon will be. And just basically, Gary Barnage is. The real deal, in my opinion, he's got more points than uh, than Jimmy Graham right now. Um, not Gronk. Another not another Gronk. tight end question for you, Luke. Sure. Crockett Gilmore against the Cardinals. <laughs> yes or no? 
Crockett Gilmore against the Cardinals. Uh, no. Ever since he got injured, that. Why that do you have week, him on your team? No, I yeah, don't have him on my team. <laughs> Luke brought him up one week, and I thought that was a sick name. He, he had he actually did have an incredible week, but then he got injured that week. Okay. He's been nursing an injury ever since, and he just hasn't been good. Okay. Um, but right. I would like to say something out to the viewers, yes. and just for everyone, just the craziness, yes. the fun of yes. fantasy football. Yes. If you asked any of us uh, the first week, who the star- who would be the top two point scorers in fantasy football? Who would you guys say? I don't know. Okay. I would have said uh, I would have said me and Corey. How about that? I would have said DeAndre Hopkins. You guys probably. don't play in the NFL. I probably yeah, would have said DeAndre. That's, that's Hopkins. why I would have said me and Corey. DeAndre oh, Hopkins. Uh, wait, fantasy. Would I have said DeAndre Hopkins. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? A- I would be surprised. Was, the point I is, said, I would be surprised. No, he, it is very surprising. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. No. The point is, I would say that I would be extremely surprised if either of you said Andy Dalton and Devonta Freeman would be oh, it the is highest wow. scoring point getters in fantasy. This is what far. happens. This is what happens. There in is the a law of fantasy that blows my mind. It's incredible. That's insane. Devonta wow. Freeman and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has more Spend points. Spend the than day Tom getting Brady. mind blown here at WFM. Well, Freeman came out of nowhere. Tom I mean, Brady. it's insane. Where did he yeah. go to college? Who? Freeman? Yeah. Uh somewhere. Matt Morrow should know this stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean I, this is a sort of Matt, Matt we're, we're relying on you, you and Tyler back there, to give us what we need, the resources we need. Where did Devontae Freeman go to college? Yeah. He went to Florida State. Okay, so we probably should have known that. But uh, He was uh, he played with Jameis Winston, who, by the way, as was he you behind? guys all know, you know I played baseball yeah. against Jameis yes, Winston. Yes, we know that. <laughs> NBD, no big deal. Let's carry on. So all he right. must have been behind Carlos Williams or Cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually, yeah. Well, yeah. he started. Well, he was he before? Williams. He started with Winston the senior year, or whichever what, the year after he left. Um, he had the starting gig, but he was a backup for a while. Luke, what else do you have to say for us? Anything? Anything more? Uh, no, uh, that's that's all for me. That's, that's all, all she wrote. All right. I've got for all you right. guys. Do you have any more questions? Um, a little stardom, sit them. Anything? What? Yeah, I just uh, know I'm sitting pretty in our league. First in my division, four and two. I'm. Uh, I think I'm at four and two as well. Um, <sighs> playing, uh, playing Pusick, and uh, we'll live with it. So uh, we'll we'll figure it out here. Luke, what are you having for dinner tonight? Do you know? For dinner tonight, yeah. I do not know right, right. now. What well, are you guys having for dinner tonight? Don't know. That's why I asked you. But that I'm is Luke J-E-T-S Palmer for dinner on <laughs> Sunday, baby. <laughs> um, Luke Palmer fantasy segment. Always a pleasure. Never fails to disappoint. This took a really weird turn towards the end. I was not expecting this. I love it, though. Um, I love it. That, that just how we roll here on NFL Friday. Let's, Let's get, get to the picks. picks. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL prediction. All right, all right, all right. Let's go with the game of the week here, in my opinion. Jets, Patriots. <laughs> I'm on New England. Corey, who do you got? Oh, come on. Don't even ask me. Pats. <laughs> Easy. Luke. Patriots. Matt. Uh, Got to go Pats. Tyler. Upset pick of the week, the Jets. Wow. Tyler here on the Jets trying to make a name for himself. Buddy, don't try too hard. <laughs> Giants, Cowboys. I'm going with the Giants. Corey, who do you got? I need Eli Manning to have a Eli big Manning. week. Yeah, whatever. Eli. Um, big week for him. I'm thinking bounce back week for the Giants in general. Revenge time. G-Man get the win. Luke? Listen, you guys know I bleed blue. Upset pick of the week, New York Giants. All right. Uh, Matt, who do you got back there? Uh, boys. 
He's got he's got the boys. Stink. Wow, I wow. That game on Monday, and I literally wanted to just fall asleep. Okay. I was so upset that I was still awake watching oh. that game. All right, so Matt Morrow not confident. He's got the, the Dallas fan. Cowboys. You gotta believe in the Giants, Tyler Matt Morrow. He's going who? Tyler's going big blue. All right, he's going big blue. So Matt, what are you doing, man? Got to stay united here. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go to Baltimore and Arizona here on Monday night. Corey, intriguing game. I have the Cardinals at home. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm a big, I'm big on these Cardinals. Yeah, they're, they're high flying, a lot of fun. Carson Palmer looks good, and so do the running backs. And more importantly, that secondary is dangerous. Big win for the Cardinals. Luke, you never disappoint us with your picks. Who do you have? I'm taking Cardinals this week. Absolutely. They do not lose in Monday on Monday nights in Scottsdale. Matt Morrow, behind the glass, who do you have? Uh, this is a huge line, and we were kind of surprised how big the line was okay. earlier. I mean, Baltimore only does have one win on the year. Right. Uh, they're better than their record, but going Cardinals. Cardinals, says Matt Morrow. I agree with Matt. I'm going with Cardinals. That defense is elite. Absolutely. So we're all on the Cardinals here um, on NFL Friday. Let's move to a division matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Detroit is at home. I am really, really leaning towards Detroit. I'm not impressed by Teddy Bridgewater so far this season, but I think Minnesota gets enough out of him to get it done. I like Minnesota on the road. You ain't leaning far enough. Detroit at home, going to get the win. Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, going to start to get a flow going. That offense has just been gross, but against the Vikings, no problems. Luke? I already talked about how much I love Stephon Diggs. He's going to have a great game. Vikings all the way. Sounds good. Matt Morrow, who do you have? I'm going Vikings, too. They're the only team in the NFL that has not lost at home but has not won on the road. They changed that this week by getting the win in Detroit. Um, Tyler, who do you have? I'm going with the Vikings and Adrian Peterson. So, Corey, you are the only one here on the Lions going uh, going out on a limb here. And uh, let's go to Sunday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles will travel to Carolina to take on the undefeated Panthers and Cam Newton. I like the Panthers in this one. I think they're for real. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, Corey, who do you have? It's your boys' upset pick of the week. I think I'm 3-0 on upset week so far, folks. Just doing good. Buckle up, Sam Bradford and the Eagles. Go to Carolina. Cam Newton, time for a big L, dude. (laughs) I'm going Panthers this week. Panthers says Luke Palmer. Matt Mora, who do you have? Panthers says myself as well. Panthers says myself as well. Tyler, who do you have? I'm going with Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Cam, Cam, Cam. And last but not least, our upset pick of the week here. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Kansas City is terrible. Um, They are playing at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Landry Jones. Give me Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs for a win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, like I said, I'm going Eagles big time in Carolina. Put that loss on the sheet for the Carolina Panthers. Luke, you said you had the Giants and Cowboys. Giants over Cowboys as your upset pick of the week. Oh, yeah. So Luke has the Giants. Matt Morrow, upset pick of the week. This has been a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with Oakland over San Diego in San Diego. Even though San Diego put a real good chance to win against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Green Bay. Derek Carr is going to get a big win one of these days. I, I, I agree with that. I picked I picked David Carr up in fantasy, so hopefully he can produce big numbers. And Tyler, last but not least, you said the Jets over the Corey's Patriots. Corey's not going to like this too much, but I said it earlier, the Jets, my upset pick of the week. All right, so that does it here for another edition of NFL Friday. For Corey Miller, I'm Christian O'Hara. We'll see you next time.
This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.